0: And they're not going to get more until April, so. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That could be complete bullshit. That could just be a made-up story as far as I'm concerned. Could be. But that's supposedly what's going on. Anyways.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of 4.30 in the Morning. This is boy Ben.
0: And Pat is back as well. 73. Yes, episode number 73. Joe thomas yes the first offensive lineman <laughs> in nfl history
1: i knew that you wanted to do that so yes I, had, I did i had to take it
0: anyways yes joe thomas the first offensive lineman in nfl history yeah, he's pretty good i don't know about pretty good <laughs> 10 time pro bowler seven was well, six or seven time first team all pro probably the best left tackle in the history of the nfl
1: probably the best left tackle yeah
0: and that's a premium position that's like not a goof around position you need a really good player there oh yeah now definitely. he was he was the perfect pass blocker and a well above average run blocker but he was mm-hmm. like the perfect pass blocker. Yeah. He was so fast out of his stance. It looked like he was false starting every single time. But he actually wasn't. He was good.
1: Now he played a lot of consecutive games, didn't he? He didn't miss a game.
0: He didn't miss a snap until he got injured and in that's yeah. what ended his career. He didn't last... miss a single snap.
1: Yeah. That's pretty that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, and there was a game <laughs> there was a game back in the uh during the Rob Chudzinski year of Browns football where the Browns had a sizable lead going into the fourth quarter and it was like one of those where you pull the vets out. And you sure. watch the backups play, and they sent they had a guy named Vincent Painter, a backup tackle, that they sent into the game to take over because Rob Chudzinski did had no idea that Joe Thomas had the streak going on. Sure. So he was like, "Hey, we got to get our get our star out there. We got to get him out of the game. You know, not we're not going to risk him getting injured." So they sent Vincent Painter out there to take over at left <laughs> tackle, and then Joe Thomas just sent him right back to the sideline. <laughs> and Chudzinski was like, "What the fuck is this, man?" And he's like, "He told me he's not coming out of the game." And then Joe Thomas had to have uh, he had to have a talk with his head coach after that. Yeah. After that game. But yeah. definitely can't
1: yeah you can't fuck that up
0: yeah definitely joe thomas the first offensive lineman in nfl history now that was did you ever see that meme it wasn't really a meme there was a graphic with him on like a tv and it was supposed to be first offensive lineman to do whatever but the the thing just said first offensive lineman in nfl history (laughs) and brown's fan just kind of ran with it they're like well why why would he not be anyways yep one of my favorite players and he is an interesting broadcaster like he's got some interesting opinions on shit he's not afraid to speak his mind. Usually he's, he's, he's kinda out there though. I've seen some things that are kinda out there. Usually I agree with him, but yeah, he does say some out <laughs> some out there shit. And he's got his own podcast. Him and Andrew Hawkins. Remember him? Andrew Hawkins, the receiver? Yeah. The five foot six inch dude out of the University of Toledo. He played yeah. for the Browns for a while. Him and Joe Thomas ended up becoming buddies, and they run a podcast called the Tomahawk Podcast. Ah. That's, so, true. that's sweet. It is pretty interesting. Now they're they're kind of off and on with it, but when they're both together and they're doing some shit, it is is really good content. I'll have to check that out. And they're able they're able to secure like some like big ass interviews like right when news was breaking for a while like they had Richard Sherman on right when he started some of his shenanigans oh okay nice like there was a big controversy going on and they were the first people to get him onto the show to actually talk about his side of the story Mm. once so that was some good stuff that's sweet anyways episode number 73 you got any news Pat this is gonna be a week news segment overall and I'm gonna run this one this one's a little bit it's a little bit uh a little bit graphic maybe I don't know about graphic it's kind of a ridiculous story though Uh uh-oh okay let's hear it this one's gonna come from W rd And this is going to be out of South Carolina. This one, it's it's sad on the surface, but there's a lot going on with this one. Okay. Man fatally shot on South Carolina Lake by boater who rescued him. Think about that for okay. a second. Okay, we're going to have to break this down. This is out uh, of Salem, South Carolina. Authorities say a man who was fatally shot on a lake in South Carolina by a boater who helped rescue him from the water. Nathan Morgan and a woman were in distress Tuesday on a jet ski in Lake Kiawi. The Oconee County Sheriff's Office said a couple on a pontoon boat drove over to help the pair get out of the lake. According to the Sheriff's Office, after being rescued from the jet ski, Morgan began assaulting the couple on the pontoon boat. <laughs> Deputies say the woman with Morgan tried to de-escalate the assault by pushing Morgan back into the water. Morgan then got back onto the boat, and deputies say after another encounter, the man on the pontoon boat feared for his life and shot Morgan. At that point, he feared for his life? Morgan died from a gunshot wound to the chest. Deputies say the Scent Circuit solicitor, David Wagner, took the case and determined that the shooting was self-defense. So, wow. there is more going on with this story. So, this guy was out on a jet ski with his girlfriend, okay? Yeah. They were on the lake, and they spun out. Now, this guy did not have the fail-safe attached, because usually a jet ski has a thing that you clip to your ankle or something, so if you do fall yep. off, it kills a jet ski. Yep. The jet ski was actually circling around. It was still running. Yeah. So, this guy was in this water, and the water was in the 60s. It was pretty chilly water. Not frigid cold, but you don't want to be in that type of water for very long. 60-degree yeah. weather, or... I think it was yeah. like 65 degrees That's or something. It's really cold. It's cold. So they were swimming or they were trying to keep themselves afloat, but they were basically drowning at this point. Right. It wasn't a good scenario. This couple on the pontoon boat was in their 70s. Okay. They see distressed people. What's the first thing any normal person is going to do? I got a boat, try to help them, try to get them aboard. Mm-hmm. So what ended up happening, and this is from a bunch of different other sources that I read the story on, because I was trying to figure out what the fuck actually happened with this one, because it was ridiculous. And they ended up saving the couple. They brought them aboard. This This. This guy that got killed, Nathan Morgan, was a twenty nine year old, one of these like hopped up, amped up types, you know those guys that are just like always like into themselves and like really ridiculous. He was pissed off because the couple didn't want to go save the jet ski. So he was embarrassed, and him and his girlfriend had already been fighting to begin with when they were on the jet ski. Mm. So she was bitching at him for being a fucking moron, almost getting them killed. She was pissed off at him. He was pissed off that he crashed his flashy jet ski that he probably didn't pay for or whatever. He wanted to go get the jet ski. He was pissed off that the couple was like, "No, we're not going to save your jet ski." <laughs> circling <Literally>. around <laughs> because number, think about the think about the hazard of that. Yeah, like if that thing is actually circling, you're gonna bring a pontoon boat near that thing. All four of them could be in the frigid water if that just goes remotely just something small happens that could be a complete disaster in and of itself right so this old guy was like you know no we're just gonna get you to the, sh- to the shore we think we did our part yeah this guy started getting physical with the old man he says like no motherfucker you're gonna get my fucking jet ski man he uh, is not having a good day so the girlfriend was like dude we're all we could all possibly die in this scenario her solution was to push this guy back into the water <laughs> He climbs back onto the pontoon boat and gets dicey again before the 74 year old. I think he said he was 74 yeah so yeah they're probably off around and killing this guy unreal and i was reading more about this guy it didn't sound like he was he was quite the The achiever
1: upstanding citizen
0: yeah but i just cannot imagine you already fucked up And i guess alcohol was a factor in this one too Ah. he didn't have the fail safe with the jet ski which think about it this way if you have that plugged in it stops it stops and you can swim back to it get back on keep going
1: yeah, you're good.
0: So, you fucked up there. You fucked up being drunk on the jet ski. You fucked up fighting with your girlfriend over God knows what. And then you decide to fight the guy that rescues you <laughs> because he's not doing shit your way. After you fucked up all this shit, I'm sorry. I mean, he, he basically asked for his own end there. It's sad. I mean, it's always sad. You you can't really... No. Nobody, like, nobody I'm not, deserves... I'm not, I'm not saying he deserves to die. He didn't deserve to die, but... but
1: he's definitely a jackass.
0: This is absurdity to me. <laughs> Just absolute absurdity. And... When you look at the case, it's like, of course it's a self-defense. I would do the exact same thing. I wouldn't have hesitated. Right. If this guy comes at me twice, if my life is in danger, and yes, if you're on a pontoon boat and some jackass is trying to fight you. And how old was this guy? The guy that got killed was 29. The guy that shot him was 74.
1: 74 74-year-old, decrepit.
0: Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm not so, you're not fighting that guy. it's an absurd headline, but Unreal. we'll see if that actually makes the episode or not. But Unreal. Unreal. Yep. South Carolina, be careful. I just cannot imagine having the audacity to fight <laughs> my rescuer. To tell him that he's doing something wrong. <sighs> now yeah. I get kind of being embarrassed if you're fuck up with your flashy toy, but at the same time, dude, I don't know. Anyways, that's all I got what with you. What an that idiot. One.
1: Remember to put the the thing on, man. Yeah, the what safety an
0: idiot. The failsafe, whatever. Yep. Anyways, what else do you got today?
1: So, my first one is from The Daily Caller. Uh-oh. Now, it's a couple weeks old, March 9th. I actually saved this a while ago, and I just forgot about it. Sure. Shipwreck of Ernest Shackleton's Endurance found at the bottom of the Antarctic after 107 years.
0: Man, I feel like somebody was just talking to me about this. I was. Oh. Sir, Ernest Shackleton's lost
1: ship, Endurance, was discovered at the bottom of the Antarctic Ocean Wednesday. The enormous vessel was lost to the frozen ocean's floor of the Weddell Sea when... 107 years ago after sinking in 1915, according to the BBC. Holy fuck. Bright. The ship was crushed by sea ice as Shackleton and his crew made a miraculous escape, but appears to remain in near-perfect condition. Despite at the depth of nearly 3 kilometer and 10,000 feet, the stern timbers and the majority of the ship looks the same as the cold November day it sank beneath the ice, the BBC continued. Without any exaggeration, this is the finest wooden shipwreck I have ever seen by far, Marine archaeologist menson Bound of the Discovery Expedition told the BBC after searching for the ship. For nearly half a century, it is upright, well proud of the seabed, intact, and in brilliant state of preservation. Shackleton, the Irish-born explorer, had a long-time obsession with the South Pole, setting sail on four separate expeditions toward the White Continent. Continent reported CNN. Endurance left the United Kingdom in 1914, reaching Antarctica's McMurdo Sound in 1915 on her final journey, which came to be known as the Imperial Trans-Antarctic Expedition. Extreme conditions halted the ship's journey, and the 28 Crew members, including Shackleton, abandoned the vessel. There's a lot. There's a little. There's a lot more, but that it, is that's, really that's basically cool.
0: most of it. Yeah, that was a really cool news story. Now that was 106 years ago. 107. 107 years ago. Holy shit! And you think about it in that cold, that frigid water. I guess that, that's probably a good spot for it to be very well preserved. Yeah, because you're definitely. not going to deal with as much uh, bacterial life. Whatever the fuck erodes anything. Mm-hmm. There's probably not gonna be as much of that in cold water. Now you said this guy's been looking for this ship for fifty years. I guess you yes. can't just you can't just decide one day you wanna do an expedition to uh to Antarctica so you're probably right it's like 10 years of planning a year on the mission yeah didn't find definitely. it go back to planning again type of a thing so
1: yeah because you gotta know what the fuck you're doing if you're exactly going
0: there. <laughs> exactly that was a really interesting news story yeah that was cool and I wonder I don't really know how many more of those types of ships might have sunk that is really it's really weird the Antarctic history is just really weird because it really wasn't discovered until the 19th century officially so there really hasn't been a whole lot of research being done sure but could you imagine Imagine being in the 19 teens on a crew, and it's like, we're setting sail south. We don't know how far down this place is, but we're just going to go. Mm-hmm. And then something hits the fan, shit hits the fan, and you got to get the fuck out. Crazy. Because, man. And again, we've talked about it before. Antarctica is so far south. It's, it looks like it's closer to, like, Argentina and South Africa than it really is. Right. When you look at the actual globe. That's a really good news story. Do you have anything more with that one? No, that's about it. Awesome. That was pretty good. You guys can check that out on Daily Caller. Yes, please do. That's a good one. Now, this next one, I abbreviated this news story a little bit. This one's going to come from PennLive.com, and this one's pretty dumb. Doritos bags will now have five fewer chips thanks to inflation. <laughs> Gas prices are rising and chip numbers are falling. As a result of inflation, bags of Doritos will now include five fewer chips. Food and Wine reports how Doritos is just the latest snack that has fallen victim to shrink Inflation, an ever pervasive phenomenon in which beloved foodstuffs are getting cut down in size due to inflation. WTRF TV continues to report how the snack's parent company, Frito Lay, confirmed this week how shrinkflation is forcing Doritos to shed five chips per bag. It's like everything in the bag. Exactly. So, in the words of one representative, they can give people the same price, so they can keep enjoying Doritos chips. Now, there was more going on with that one, where they did a breakdown of a bunch Wait of different other foodstuffs.
1: Do they say they'll keep the same price so that people can enjoy Doritos chips? Yes. And still, but they're getting fewer. Fi- they're how getting how five is that a bargain?
0: Chips. How is this guy? Why is he bragging about that? It's like the new. You ever see that? It makes that, no sense. That, that uh, that oxymoron. I don't know if it's an oxymoron in retail where you raise the price, but you. Put a new low price sticker above it. Yeah, sure. It's not a lower price, it's just a new low price. Exactly. That's what's going on with this. Yeah, I can, yeah, but it's like, he's not even saying that. Yeah, it's pretty (laughs) bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> no, this fucking inflation, man, is out of control. It is. I'm not going to lie. I am so happy I got my mortgage at this point. Yeah. Definitely. I'm like breathing sighs of relief beyond belief because I looked at interest rates. Interest rates have gone up a full percent since I signed my mortgage. That was not yep. that long ago. Now, I didn't get the best deal in the world. It was a good deal. It was a pretty good deal. It was exactly what I deserved.
1: Yeah, you got, I mean, you got a good rate on basically everything. Yeah, do, so. I
0: definitely did. But I'm just looking at this shit. It's like, I'm going to be here probably for the next 50 years of this point because these prices are not going down anytime soon not any
1: nothing is going to go
0: down ever again in my opinion it's ridiculous well you know what something is going to go down the number of chips in your doritos literally Unreal. So, Doritos. That's funny. Doritos, five fewer chips. It's not going to affect me, but anyways, what else you got?
1: So, I have one more. So, this is not a current news story, but I got to give you a little background real quick. Oh, okay. So, have you ever watched those random videos on YouTube? It's like an hour of just random facts, just interesting facts. you ever watch those videos? They're pretty fun to watch. Okay. Pretty fun to listen to. Sure. But there was this one interesting fact that came up that I had to kind of look into that I thought was... Fucking hilarious. So this is from whynetnews.com. Now, this article is from um, July 13th, 2007. Sure. Iranians arrest. 14 squirrels for spying. This is this is a legit thing. This actually happened. Okay. <laughs> Iranian intelligence operatives recently detained over a dozen squirrels found within the nation's borders claiming the rodents were serving as spies for Western powers determined to undermine the Islamic Republic. In recent weeks, intelligence operatives have arrested 14 squirrels with, within Iran's borders. State Sponsored News Agency IRNA reported... The squirrels were carrying spy gear in foreign agencies and were stopped before they could act thanks to the alertness of our intelligence services. Iranian police commander Ismail Ahmadi Makwadam confirmed the report saying the number of squirrels had been caught bearing foreign spy gear within Iran's borders. I heard of this, but I have no specific knowledge on the subject, he said. He refused to give further details. Recently, Iran has increased its efforts in combating espionage by the West. Use of rodents has not been documented in the past.
0: That is the weirdest thing I've ever heard <laughs> of. Now, I really can't say a whole lot to that. Like, there's not a it's whole pretty, lot. It's pretty ridiculous. But I did read a thing about Iran real quick. I guess if you look at all the international world banks, uh, they're all interconnected somehow, and usually it's through the Rothschild family. Mm-hmm. For some reason, Iran isn't part of that and that's why they become such a point of tension it's like everything that we hear about iran is fabricated and it's all because that their bank is independent that's like one of the last standing and it's a pretty resource rich country like sure there's a lot of good shit that iran has so according to conspiracy theorists that's why iran always remains a hot button issue it's well, all because of that international bank or the international banking coalition it's can't all, control them
1: it's all because of those squirrels that we sent in there
0: well that's probably that's probably what they're resorting to at this point cause they can't figure out how the hell to penetrate this bank <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Anyways, I got one more report. Yeah, one more? Yeah, we'll get this one in real quick. This is from our favorite, UPI Odd News. All right. And this is going to be kind of something that we can kind of relate to a little bit, given where we work, although not to this level. Leopard wanders into Mercedes-Benz Plant... In India, a Mercedes-Benz plant in India was evacuated and wildlife officials were called in when a leopard wandered into the production facility. (laughs) Could you imagine you're walking to your line and a fucking leopard is just like hanging out in your station? Think about that for a second. Everybody would just scatter police in Junar forest officials responded Monday when the leopard was spotted at the Mercedes-Benz plant in Chekhan MIDC area near Pune. We had a very special guest at the Mercedes-Benz India campus this morning. The leopard straight into the company's production facility and was later rescued with the prompt support of the forest department and local police, Mercedes-Benz India said on a Facebook post. Forest officer Atul Mahahan said the leopard was first spotted by security staff at the plant around 5 a.m. Monday morning. Within two hours our rescue team at Meninko Do, Meninko Do Leopard Rescue Center in Junar reached the spot. Damals trapped in an enclosure. Our staff, including the veterinary doctor, took an app's position and shot a dart from an appropriate distance, Mahahan told The Times of India. Like a blow dart? Yeah, like a yeah, like that's a blow pretty, dart. That's pretty gnarly. a uh, tranquilizer, obviously. Yeah, sure. Now we have our own issues with wildlife at our production facility that we work in. it's probably a very similar uh facility to what these people are yeah. working at. Now we don't have leopards wandering in, but we got muskrats wandering in, we got the
1: geese. The geese don't really get in the building, but a bird a bird did one time. Really? Yeah,
0: I've seen a couple of birds in the building. I don't think of if I've seen a bird. I've seen mice and rats. Uh, although the geese, though, they do hang out like right in front of the door. Like, oh yeah, right by the door. Yeah, they do. And there was one by my car, and I went in the passenger seat today. I said, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna <laughs> climb through," because it was like hanging out like right now, right by my hey, driver's door. They'll fuck you up. And I'm like honking the horn. I got my remote. I'm like trying to honk it, honk it away. It wasn't, it wasn't <laughs> taking the beat. Anyways. On to the main topic. What is the main topic, Ben? So, Pat, we're going to be talking about some big NFL competitors today. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be talking about like alternative football leagues. Like the XFL. The USFL. USFL. The, the AAF. AAF. NFL Europe. No, I guess that really wasn't an alternative. That was like a feeder yeah. league. I don't know anything about uh, Europe. Canadian football, maybe. And it was really talking about like what does it take to make an alternative football league actually work, basically.
1: Well, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, what, fifteen million for, for the XFL? XFL. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He not, owns not a whole lot. He apparently,
0: own, <laughs> he owns XFL now. But this is actually pretty good timing because the USFL, the new USFL, is going to be kicking off here in April. They're getting ready to start playing. They have their teams together already. So, Pat, what do you have to say about these leagues? Like, what do you what do you got? Well, this it, is this is. This is Pat's episode. Yeah, it's probably my episode. It's a really <laughs> interesting topic because the NFL has been such an established brand for since nineteen twenty. Yeah, but really, it was really the nineteen sixties where it kind of yeah, where, it where, mer- where the AFL and the NFL merged, and it has been basically a monopoly on professional football in the in the in the world basically. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, business people get together an idea, and they want to start not even really a competitor, but another football league. Now, what's interesting with the NFL compared to other sports leagues is like baseball has a fully functional minor league system where there's over a hundred teams, and every major league baseball team has like four or five affiliate clubs where younger baseball players can play baseball professionally, be affiliated with a major league club, but they can still play full seasons. Mm-hmm. Hockey has the same thing with the ECHL and all the other leagues. There's a bunch of minor league hockey teams where players that are young or they're trying to get into the NHL, they can play. They can play and people watch them as professional hockey. Sure. Even basketball has been doing better with it lately. We have the D-League and the G-League and all that shit. Yeah. There are options out there for young players to try to develop into NBA players who are out of college but not ready for the NBA yet, basically. Football doesn't have anything like that. Right. It really has never had a sustainable minor league system. Now, there was NFL Europe for for a hot minute uh Canada football is probably the best example of football professional football that's not the nfl at this point now it's a completely different rule set yeah as far as the rules concerned, the rules are different but at least you're still playing football like a good defensive back can show out in canada and get signed sure a good quarterback will get signed now coaches trying to come over from canada like mark mark Mm trutzman that didn't go well but at least it's something but there really isn't anything in the stateside professional football like literally the next level of professional football stateside is like semi-pro yeah it's like guys that you know playing semi pro football basically. <laughs> it literally is what it is. Right. So the question is, is there room for like a minor league football system? Well, there's been a lot of attempts and a lot of fails. There's been a ton of attempts to do something. Now, mm-hmm. really, in my opinion, it starts in the 1980s with the USFL. Yeah, 1982, right? I think they played. They played from 83 to 85. They played three seasons. Yeah. Now, the USFL was the brainchild of a guy named David Dixon, who had this plan together for 20 years. He started this plan in the 60s. Yeah. For this compet this competition football league, it was gonna be a little bit more rough around the edges, but it was gonna be a legitimate competitor to the NFL. And he, honest to God, if they stuck with his plan, it probably would have worked Mm -hmm. because he understood he was a businessman first and foremost and i'm looking at his business plan and it's very sound and it made a lot of sense you needed investors you needed people to buy teams you needed investors to want to buy teams yeah so you're looking at people that want to be nfl owners but haven't had the chance to buy one of the There were probably 28 teams at that time never had a chance to buy a team or couldn't buy a team Mm -hmm. so he was very strict about okay you can only spend a certain amount for salary i think the original salary cap was supposed to be 1.8 million dollars a year which back then was pretty good. But he was trying to, he wanted to enforce the salary cap for his USFL. I don't know if you have any of that shit down.
1: Well, I found that a lot of the issue towards the end there was there was no salary cap. So they ended up making these unsustainable contracts. Well, that's what's going to happen. Okay. What
0: What's going to be interesting with the USFL is he got a bunch of owners to buy in, but the Central League had no power. So he said there was a salary cap. He couldn't actually enforce that. Mm. That was the biggest problem with this David Dixon guy. Is He, he wanted to play commissioner, but there was no actual authority within the league office to do anything gotcha which is kind of ridiculous if you think about it right so what ended up happening is by the early 1980s he had enough guys to buy into the idea of owning a franchise this usfl franchise and then they started building rosters now the thing with the usfl that is crazy is they were able to attract some top level talent coming out of college Mm -hmm. three consecutive heisman trophy winners signed usfl contracts (laughs) and played football in june they played 18 game seasons in through the summer months instead of going to the nfl herschel walker did it fucking uh doug flutie There was another heisman trophy winner that played in the usfl mm-hmm. so they were able to get like some top level players now that's huge for this type of league right and if you're an owner and you're gonna sign this guy you're gonna throw whatever money you have at them so like this 1.8 million dollar salary cap went away really quickly because these guys were going to demand a little bit more than that even back in the 80s they were able to demand a little bit more than that Mm-hmm. And what's even crazier is the USFL owners were throwing more money at these guys than the NFL teams were. Mm-hmm. So if you're Steve Young and you've got a forty million dollar contract sitting <laughs> on the table, which is what he actually signed, now he didn't get paid that because it was a ridiculous contract structure. Whereas most of it was an annuity. Mm-hmm. You're going to take that $40 million contract over yeah. whatever the fuck was there, Those BYU quarterback. So he played in the XFL for a while, or not the XFL, the USFL for a while. Mm-hmm. Now, the problem with the USFL, I think they had like 18 teams, 16 teams, 18 teams, something like that for a while, is when you have a new league, a new anything, the revenue stream is not set in the stone. You don't know what kind of revenue you're going to get. You're hoping for TV deals, and you're hoping for people buying tickets. That's really going to be your revenue stream. You're not, you don't have the infrastructure for merchandising. You don't really have the players to like really, build a brand around quite yet Mm -hmm. especially if you're not drafting these heisman trophy winners if you're not able to get these guys you might have trouble really getting enough seats in the people in the seats people watching the games buying merchandise it's really tough to get that revenue stream going in Mm -hmm. now david dixon knew that there was going to be problems with this so he made sure that everybody that bought a franchise had credit lines lined up to cover losses because the first few years are going to be rough you're going to be losing money the goal is that over time you're going to build a sustainable brand that's going to compete with the nfl right the the USFL fell apart and everybody's going to point to Donald Trump and just blame him for the entire thing, even though it's, it's hundred percent, not his fault. Sure. Donald Trump was a mind. He wasn't even, he was a part owner of the New Jersey generals. I think was the team. And he was part of a group of owners that wanted to compete directly with the NFL and play in during the fall with the hopes that they were going to merge with the NFL. That mm-hmm. was part of it, the, and there were like five or six owners that were doing this. So it wasn't just Donald Trump, but he was the most vocal of the group. I mean, if you think about it, the way baseball is set up. Sure the what is it called the
1: triple a yep that runs during the mlb season correct Yep, they coincide you would have to do something like that if you're going to have a triple a type league for the nfl
0: yep now this wasn't even triple a these people thought that they you, were going to be what I'm direct saying? competition yeah for sure yeah and you're right with that and that's the other thing too that doesn't seem to make sense is none of these leagues can operate during the fall because the nfl just completely takes up that market during the fall like Take- no- nothing else matters during the fall besides the nfl Yes, but at the same time, there's only 53 roster spots, 15 practice squad spots these days. Yeah, it's I know. I know it's there's really a lot of guys that think they can play that sit around on the couch during the fall. True. And there's lots of guys that get signed off the streets during the season because our players are going on the I, on the IR every day. So is there one AAA team per MLB team? Yes. Okay. And there's single A, double A. They kind of cut it down. I think every team has a double A, a two, two single A, and then a rookie ball team. Yeah.
1: So you'd have to see like the surrounding areas of those of the NFL teams, which like cities around there would have a
0: market for like a smaller American football team. Sure, if you're gonna do the minor league system, now you have 32 NFL teams. You have to find 32 cities if you want to go the minor league out. There's no way in hell there's 32. That's
1: what I'm saying. Like I just don't. You'd have obviously you have to create some other type of league, sure. but if it's gonna work like the AAA, to where players can kind of float out of the NFL team into to the, Yeah. I just don't see how that, how it can work.
0: Or you could do okay, here you go. You do, if you want to do the minor league system for a second, and that's going to be the most haphazard episode that we're ever going to do. <laughs> eight teams in the triple a sure every division has a triple a team i like that that's that's a better idea so the browns the ravens the steelers and the Bengals are all throwing their their fringe guys on the same roster sure the afc north will base them in let's see what's central to ohio michigan and maryland where's the city where's the city uh Um. Okay, Beckley, West Virginia. That is the most central city between all four of those cities, is Beckley, West Virginia. Beckley, West Virginia is going to (laughs) have... they're going to call them the Beckley Mountaineers and as the AFC North's minor league affiliate. Okay. So, we're talking let's see, who are some fringe players? Dwayne Haskins will be the quarterback because he's not going to make the Steelers this year. Probably not. We'll kick him down there to the the Beckley Mountaineers. Uh Now at any time,
1: any team from the AFC North can pull any of these players. Any of the play- Now, how how do you replace those players? <laughs> They would have to have some type of draft themselves. Or a waiver system or something. Yeah, Or you something. have to have,
0: like, a, like the roster's going to be as low as 38 and as high as 60 or something. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be, like, the G League where you got, like, special contract players, like the NBA G League where there's, like, special players on a contract that are NBA players. But then there's, like, players that sign with the actual minor league team that aren't affiliated with an NBA player but they're still playing. Mm-hmm. you do something like that so you'd have eight teams in that system now that would be really funny i can see that like that that's doable yeah now you need to be able to play the salaries of these players that's the second problem now if you're on an nfl contract you're still gonna get say you're you're bumped down you are probably get like 80 percent of what you would get if you're on the actual nfl roster but if you're just some bum playing for the beckley mountaineers
1: maybe maybe the league imposes like a separate
0: cap for these eight teams. Sure. Now, who's paying that, though? The the four teams in the division. The four teams are all pitching in equally? Yeah. To finance this? Sure. Okay. Honestly, I think that's how you start. If you want to do an actual I, minor league. I don't see how who else would pay for it. Because there's no, there's <laughs> no way that you're going to have... 32 minor league football teams. Exactly. Because the fringe, the level of talent is going to be like fringe NFL to walk on college level. Because I remember watching the AAF.
1: Sure. And I was just like, man. Well, we're so used to watching the NFL. That's the top tier. Yes. Watching the the first couple of games of the AAF was kind of rough. Sure. I was like, man, these players are actually kind of shitty. Like they're actually kind of bad. Yeah. Uh, although there was that one team. What was it? St. Louis. The Battle Hawks. Yeah. Well, wasn't
0: that XFL? That was oh, XFL. Was that, was that XFL? I think it was XFL.
1: They were actually pretty damn good. PJ Walker. The, the XFL had some pretty good teams.
0: Now the XFL I thought was a little bit little bit better. Yes, I agree. But the problem too is if you are anything of a cornerback. And anything if you have any cornerback ability you're gonna be in the nfl somewhere yeah so the cornerbacks were weak the defensive backs in general were really weak linebackers were slow yes it just just, if you have speed if you have any speed whatsoever you're gonna be in the fucking nfl there were some linemen like guards especially that were able to show out in the xfl and even in the aaf and got into the nfl like michael dunn for the browns is an example that Mm -hmm. showed out in the xfl just because he finally got to do what he does really well and now he's a Brown he's kind of like a, he's not a starter but he's uh he's gonna be on the roster you know you don't know you don't have to worry about what he's gonna to bring to the table and I think running back is the other position where you can kind of sort of show out sure Dearness Johnson's an example again for the Browns AAF he begged his way into the AAF. He called them up and said, Hey, I need a tryout. All I have as a professional football player is I had a rookie tryout with the Saints. It didn't go well. I think I'm pretty good still. <laughs> Please give me a chance. Please give me a chance, AAF. And they ended up letting him get on a roster. I guess they did an open tryout and he ended up making it out of a roster. Then he got up on the Browns, and he's gonna get a decent contract somewhere this year. Sure. He hasn't signed yet, but he's not bad. He's not bad at all. He had a couple of really good games. Every game that he's played in, he's been the feature back. He's had over 100 yards. So So there are situations where that type of player is going to be able to make his name for himself. Even P.J. Walker, I think he's the backup for the Panthers now or something like that. He was really good in the XFL. Yeah. But when you're trying to create this type of league, you really have to have consistent money coming in from somebody that trusts the process and trusts that they're going to be making money over time or else it's going to fall apart. Now, going back in the history a little bit, that was the biggest problem with the USFL is that these investors were not seeing returns. It was pretty cool. There were a lot of good Games and they had some decent talent, but owners are losing eight nine million dollars a year, which was a ton of money back then. Yeah, they weren't bringing anything back. It was very tough to bring that money in initially, and that's just part of investing in general. Is people react badly to losses? Like you have to earn like to, to compare emotions. If you lose a dollar, you have to earn three dollars to re- experience the same type of emotional sure whatever. So they were losing money, and it's just like this isn't gonna work. I'm out. This isn't gonna work. I'm out, and it was kind of a domino effect of really bad and impatient financial management is what sunk the USFL now these days people are going to say oh it was Donald Trump's fault it wasn't Donald Trump's fault he It really was, was Trump's. he fault. was part of the issue <laughs> he was part of the issue but it wasn't his fault it wasn't him doing anything that really fucked that league up it was just it was completely unsustainable and then these owners were getting into bidding wars with themselves over these fucking free agents if they would have stuck to the salary cap it would have been a completely different story mm-hmm. but the owners had all the power the league office had no power to enforce it yeah, they couldn't even force a salary cat what's gonna happen david dixon abandoned it halfway through he was like this isn't what i envisioned this usfl becoming right it's not gonna work he he got out he divested completely and you got owners offering these ridiculous contracts that they can't afford to players that sure they might deserve it but you're paying steve young 40 million dollars guaranteed in 1985 (laughs) like that's unheard of you yeah and you, you can't just start like that exactly like, it
1: takes a long time exactly the, the nfl has been around for a very long time it took a long time for them to get big
0: like that sure and then the xfl the the old xfl do you remember the old xfl the 2001 2001 edition? i was pretty young i was in the first grade like i remember watching that the first day and i'm like now the nfl was i wasn't really conscious of the nfl i knew baseball i didn't really know the nfl that well so i thought this was like the real fucking deal. This was the better version of the NFL. And instead of the coin toss, they had to scramble for the ball, where they just threw the ball, and then...
1: Yeah, I, I think, from, from what I've read, the viewership went down a lot with the XFL, because it was just too much entertainment gimmick type it was, shit.
0: Well, it was Vince McMahon, WWF. Vince McMahon, yeah, he, and NBC was the co-owner, so it was Vince yeah. McMahon and NBC, and Dick Ebersol was the NBC executive that was like in the mix with this entire thing. Yeah, it was Vince McMahon and it was Dick Ebersol trying to make this shit happen. So you have a broadcasting deal in place, which is huge, right? You, you're all the games are going to get broadcast. They had 50 million viewers during the first week of the XFL. <laughs> 50 million viewers, That's unreal. That's one out of six people in America were watching the XFL week right. one, <laughs> and I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like well well this is kind of dumb the football was terrible it wasn't good football yeah and the reason why is they were running with 38 man rosters they gave them like four weeks to get ready <sighs> And then there were all the gimmicks going on, like with the cheerleaders and bullshit like that. And then cameras—they were doing—they were trying to do like in the huddle interviews and shit like that, and <laughs> sideline interviews. Yeah, they—they were—they—they
1: they did well. They came out with like the sky cam and everything, which is they did cool. with some
0: cool innovation. There's yeah, one, it was like interviewing the coach while he's trying to call the game. <laughs> 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 and half these guys just weren't going to play along with that bullshit, literally. But a few good players came out of it. Like Tommy Maddox came out of it. Or the guy's name like rodney smart or something he hate me he ended up playing in the nfl for a little bit yeah but it was just a complete disaster and then the ratings were terrible like it was 50 million viewers week one and then it just kept falling and falling and falling now nbc committed like their prime time weekend slot to this <laughs> <laughs> it's like nobody's watching so advertisers were pulling out and shit at one point they brought in uh Rodney Dangerfield to do some ad spots to try to get people to watch it. Like, did, did you ever see that uh, professional flag football that like Michael Vick was in? Yeah, I did see a little and, bit uh, of that. Yeah,
1: it, it it's kind of dumb. Indoor flag football is not as good as
0: no. like the flag football we were in. Oh god, well that wasn't good either. <laughs> Remember when I fell and I created that title wave? Dude, we
1: have to have we have, we gotta do a whole episode on our experiences. Our, our experiences. That was a nightmare.
0: Were I still you? I still carry battle wounds from those days. Were you there when I fucked up my finger? No, that was the second season. No, you know what? I was there for that one. Were you there for I that? Think one? So, oh, yeah. that was narrowly. That sucked. Anyways, no, I was thinking about it like with this whole professional football league thing i think if you want to do like cities around the country you have to kind of and the usfl try to do this for a little bit they tried to get like local college stars that weren't going to play in the nfl try to get them to play in these leagues now, the problem with that is, you're, are you going to tell a twenty-five-year-old guy who's been, hasn't played for three years, who's got a career selling insurance or whatever, how do you lure that guy into playing professional football without <laughs> it being the NFL? Literally, that's the problem. Now, you could do it with baseball. You could do it with basketball to an extent because the risk of injury isn't there nearly right. as much as it is in football. Then I was trying to think like you could do like a has been league. Like Brady Quinn could probably still throw a football, get him in the mix, but there's <laughs> no way he's going to put on pads. There's no way he's going to put on pads. And then I was like, because the NBA had that that big three league where it was three-on-three, half-court. But it was all, like, former all-stars playing in this shit. But it was half-court because they can't really run the full court anymore, (laughs) and it's three-on-three. You can't really do that with football. Like, you you couldn't have Maurice Jones-Drew out there with what he looks like these days, even though he probably could still play a little
1: bit. You know what I mean? Shit, we're going to have Tom Brady out there at 70. At this rate,
0: we are. That that fucking guy, I don't even know.
1: Dude, I, I feel bad for the guy that had the last game ball from Tom (laughs) Brady. I don't feel bad one bit. Oh, that would suck. Dude, that would
0: suck. That would suck so bad. Well, that guy, the guy that had it bought it. He paid a ton of money for it. Thinking yeah. it was like some great memorabilia. If you've got $200,000 sitting around that you can throw at a football, I don't really care. I mean, it's, it's, it's. I don't really care. That is,
1: he's the greatest of all time. Okay. It's his last football he's yeah. ever thrown. Like, you, I mean, I don't care about it either, but if you're a crazy ass football fan that spends money on that shit, that you're like a collector, you got jerseys, you got all kinds of shit, you're able to get your hands on that ball. And in 20, 30 years, that ball's worth millions. That's an investment at that
0: point. You know, nobody feels bad for me when I lose money in the stock market, so <laughs> I don't really care. Anyways, what else I got to say? I'm trying to think. Do you have anything else for this episode? I mean, not really. I mean, we can go on all day about it. We could it. go on all day with this one. <laughs> um, the USFL is coming out in April. I was looking at the coaches. I think they have, like, what, eight teams so they far? Eight teams. It's going to be an eight-team league. Now, okay. they're all going to play in Birmingham, Alabama. I guess Birmingham, Alabama, for some reason, has two nice. stadiums that can seat 40000 so they're going to play all the games in Birmingham, Alabama. But there are all the teams have geographic names. Like the Michigan Panthers are that's my favorite team. <laughs> they are coached by Jeff Fisher, former Oilers, Titans and Rams head coach. Unreal. Uh Lou Holtz's son is coaching a team. I can't remember what that was named. It was like Scott Holtz or something. Okay. Kirby Wilson is coaching a team. He used to be the Browns running back coach not that long ago. He was a coach back in the Hugh Jackson era. Nice. He's never been a head coach before, but he's coaching a team. Uh, Mike Riley, he's been an NFL coach before. He's He's got a team. Todd Haley is coaching the no Tampa Bay way. Bandits. Uh, he's the head coach. Tampa Bay. He's the coach of the Tampa Bay Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> and there are a couple other names. Like, there are some decent names out there. Uh, Todd Haley. Um, But I think like the former uh, Texas A&M head coach is coaching a team. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but I was looking at some of these rosters because the draft went on in February, I believe. Mm-hmm. And me and my father, we combed through the rosters. Not a lot of name recognition. I think Paxton Lynch is probably the best name that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scooby Wright the third. Now, what if
1: they, you know, why doesn't the XFL play some USFL teams? Can't
0: they combine those? Well, number one, the XFL doesn't have t- rosters right now they've still got this the the brands of the team still exist they don't have rosters right now
1: well all they did was well they didn't have a 2021 season did they
0: they suspended operations when the coronavirus hit they have not played since yeah since
1: 2020
0: They, they, they stopped it like halfway through the season yep so we don't know who's in charge of any of this
1: i wonder when they're starting back up are they gonna start back up in 22
0: i don't know it's all up to the rock the, well, Rock, the USFL
1: league. is
0: 100%. The well, USFL is happening in a few weeks. So we're going to be watching games. Fox owns the league supposedly. I'm excited for it. So games are going to be on Fox, Fox Sports, and I think NBC has a broadcasting contract with that as well. Maybe we'll maybe we'll run a live commentary of the first game. If you want to do that, dude, <laughs> we can do it. It's all going to be done by June. I guess they're going to do a 10 game season and then the playoffs is going to be in June or something. That's sweet. Uh, I wish there were better players in this. I really don't know how the hell they're trying to fill the roster. So see, it's just, I would, it, it, it,
1: it's just hard to say better players because we, our standard is N- the NFL.
0: Yeah, that is true.
1: You know, so it's like, it might take a couple years for those NFL players to kind of filter
0: out to, sure. to kind of drain down into these leagues and i guess it, it it does depend like with the xfl it was a little bit different i felt like there were more players that i recognized there's more college quarterbacks that i recognize like cardale jones and whoever like like
1: people are gonna have to like keep up on good college players that don't really go anywhere in
0: the nfl yeah to
1: even really notice them in leagues like this
0: i guess i guess the xfl is a well-timed it was well-timed for me for that to just kind of see some of these names like we had guys from the fucking neighborhood playing in the xfl Mm, and scoring touchdowns in the xfl now i guess you are right with that but i guess we'll see we'll see what happens
1: yeah you know it might take a couple years maybe we'll see you know mason rudolph or Dwayne haskins in the freaking xfl then it could get a little more interesting you know yeah when more bigger name players that
0: might not make it and i wonder i wonder too if you're if you're a player are you going to sign with the usfl or are you going to try to play in canada i feel like canada would be a little bit better i mean just like you know,
1: think of the clout that Baker Mayfield could take the XFL right now. Sure. Now we're talking about two employees. You keep, <laughs> you keep saying XFL like you saying USFL because the USFL X- is happening. The XFL is still
0: XFL is easier to say. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, and to be honest, I think more players need to do that. I think Johnny Manziel needs to do it. Yeah,
1: and then that'll bring money
0: and you know yeah. and marketing power to the to the league. I think the real thing if if a league exists. Like an independent NF or independent pro football league exists. It needs to be competitive enough to where a player would choose to play in that league. Exactly. Over being on a practice squad. Yep. That's where you have to be at. In my opinion.
1: Like Landry Jones was probably the biggest player. He was supposed to be the face <laughs> of the AAF and that didn't, that didn't go well. I remember he got hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like he the first hurt.
0: game. He was like, he was like the premium whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. That was funny. And then, uh. Okay, I got one more thing we got to bring in before we get this wrapped up. Sure. I've got an idea for a league that will actually compete. It is the No Rules League. It's football, but there is no rules in terms of steroids, performance sensing drugs, any sort of drug use, crime, whatever the fuck you want. If you can get him on the field and in pads, he can play. doesn't matter who the fuck he is. Are weapons allowed? No, weapons are not allowed. But So there's... this is basically
1: the purge,
0: just football. It's, we- and if, okay... Yes, to an extent. But if he gets suspended in the NFL, you have to play in this league. <laughs> it's the no holds barred. Okay, like Vontez Burfik can play. Okay. Yeah, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. There's Ray, no Ray, Lewis. Ray Lewis can play. We'll bring uh, OJ. He can play. Uh, <laughs> Henry Ruggs can play.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so all the misfits, all the, all the troublemakers. Exactly. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon, yes. He'd be the poster child of the league. <laughs> But it would be Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Or even, even, uh, who was the guy that got drafted with Peyton Manning? Uh, Ryan Leaf. He was on drugs the entire time. Shit. But anybody who gets in trouble has to play in this league. But you can also play like like Michael Vick, uh, anybody who's got crime on the record, Greg Robinson. Okay, so real quick, we were talking about Greg Robinson, and I made a joke on one of the earlier episodes about how he was in trouble running drugs at the border. And then that day, I looked him up to see what the hell happened with that, because he had like 140 pounds of weed in the car, mm-hmm. you know, the Mexican border, and he got arrested for it. Somehow, he didn't. End up in jail because he got arrested the day that I made that joke. He got arrested again. He had every drug on his body, like that you could possibly sell. <laughs> he was like running like a fucking buffet of drugs, basically. Unreal. And he's not going to be playing in the league anymore. But Probably. Not. He could play in this hypothetical league yeah, that I came Yeah, definitely. Up with. Maybe, it'd be a
1: good video game.
0: Yeah, it would be, it'd have to be rated them. Definitely. This would be not a league that your kid is allowed to watch. Greg Hardy, he could play in this league. Remember him? Remember Greg Hardy, the defensive end for the Panthers when. You know how they do the, the Sunday Night Football, you have to introduce yourself, and you go, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went, cracking Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't remember that. You know, he's a UFC fighter now. He got kicked out of UFC because he kept getting the shit beat out of him. Jesus. But he beat up his... He he was he was a rough guy. He was a bad guy. Kiko Alonso would be good for that league. Yeah, he definitely would. Kiko Alonso... Uh,
1: they hit on Joe Flacco. Remember that shit? Yeah. Yeah, oh, that was ridiculous. Gnarly.
0: But and could play in this league too. He'd be yeah. he'd be great with it. He'd get, to, he'd get killed. But Probably. Anyways, on that note,
1: anything else? That's about it for me. If you guys have any thoughts on the XFL, USFL, AAF, or any other type of football league, tweet us at 30 in that or comment on our Facebook page.
0: Yes, please tweet us, please comment on the Facebook pages page. We only got one. We only got one page right now.
1: I think we have one page.
0: Yeah, listeners have been okay. I've been trying to drum up a little bit of interest on our Facebooks and on Twitter and everything. Um, Last episode, do you think that was a good episode? I thought it was. I was a dumbass. Real quick. Yeah, we got to wrap it up real quick before we get the fuck out of here. I was talking about the dog food. I said Neutrogena. I was thinking of Purina. Okay. That's what I was thinking of. I don't (laughs) know where the hell Neutrogena came from. That's hilarious. And then Tim texted us. It was a pretty rough review. I'm going to read the text real quick. Oh, boy. This was the most criticism we've ever gotten. It was pretty rough. Uh, Tim says, I don't think... Ben quite understands what a private (laughs) airport is like. I think he just had public airport stuck in his head. <laughs> I'm sorry, but listening to that was kind of frustrating. <laughs> sorry, Tim. I've so, never, I've never been to a private airport, so Tim was pretty frustrated with that. uh Sorry, Tim. I had to share it. No, he he provides us with a lot of feedback. So. That's okay. He said overall the episode wasn't terrible. I edited that one in 2.5 hours. From the moment I put the file into Audacity, the moment where I published it, mm-hmm. 2.5 hours, two hours and 30 minutes. Started mm-hmm. at 3:30, was done by six. Can't believe it. That's pretty good. Um, I don't know. That's a record. It was a record for sure. <laughs> Did it turn? I didn't think it turned out that bad. It, it turned perfect. out really good. I, well, I enjoyed it. I thought it was funny. I thought it was a good episode.
1: Anyways, I'm I'm a dumbass. When I get super tired, like there were a couple times where I just repeated the same thing you said, and <laughs> and we didn't even realize it.
0: <laughs> I love that type of shit. <laughs> That, 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 I, I can't keep talking because if i if i keep talking we're just gonna get the fuck out of here so anyways please tweet us please keep listening please keep telling all your friends about the show your family it's a kid friendly i'd say it's a kid friendly show like if you're 13 sure. and old you could probably listen to the yeah, show yeah probably so. i'd say anyways please keep telling everybody but that's all i got do you have anything else that's about it for me all right so thank peace. you
1: very much, guys oh shit
0: thank you very much guys
1: peace I knew that you wanted to do that. So yes, I, had, I did. I had to take it. You know what?
0: Fuck you. But, <laughs> anyways, give me one second. I'm sorry.
1: God! They grab the mouse. So ah. Fuck Should have said, Asio mouse.
0: What does that mean? The summoning charm. Anyways. And this one's going to come from com, And this is going to be out of South Carolina. DW? Uh, WRDW. You didn't get the...
1: What is that? Dexter's Laboratory? DW? Is that where that... No, I not <laughs> That's Arthur. What the hell? <laughs> you ever seen Dexter's Laboratory? What's the sister's yes. name? Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Ah, I got... I got the mix. Is that right? Is it D.D.? It is D.D. I'm pretty sure it's D.D. I got that mixed up with D.W. from Arthur. Oh. God. Ka-
0: wow. All right, go ahead. You probably, Sorry. You had to have watched a lot more cartoons than I did. Sorry about that. Real quick, have you ever watched Dexter's Laboratory, like on Netflix or anything? Like no. as a grown-up. No. It's kind of fun. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, I like that. That Was my like one of my favorite little cartoons. It was that a good I, show. That was a good show. Anyways. It comes out at WRDW.com. Unreal. Now, do you eat Doritos? Are you a Doritos fan? Every now and then. I got to be in the mood. See, Doritos is the is one of a group of snacks that I don't even touch. Mm-hmm. I remember, I think it was your mom that was the first one that called me out when I said I don't like Doritos. She's like, what kind of kid doesn't like Doritos? <laughs> and I was like. I'm just not a fan of them. Now, for me, the issue is I hate eating, like, snack food that gets on your hands. Sure. And Doritos has that little, just a little bit of that orange residue. I'm not interested in that. See, what I do at work, I don't want to touch my food. Sure.
1: Like, on the line. Sure. So, I just crunch it all up, and i that's how I eat it. Oh, I don't,
0: my God. I don't even God. I don't even touch it. See, the only exception to my rule where I don't want to, have that residue is the white cheddar anything with white cheddar on it like you ever see those smart food popcorn see i'm not a fan of white cheddar i mean i'll eat it but i can take it or leave it sure i'm a, i like it like do you, do you like the white cheddar cheese it's no i like the popcorn though okay. you ever see those those, those the black bag the smart food white cheddar popcorn yeah see if i get that though i don't touch it i just kind of sure yeah 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 mom loves those those I, are those are good and there's a new one at work right now. It's like, like pop cheese corner or something. It's like it's in a blue bag. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been getting lately. That's been my yeah. My those are time a, snack. those are okay.
1: Paige and I accidentally got like a ginormous ginormous <laughs> bag of that at Costco. Oh, We've had it for like a month and a half, and it's probably not, stale now. It's not even half to gone.
0: <laughs> See. They got it at work. It's like a dollar. It's not bad. If you just yeah. want something or something, I'm trying to cut down on anything I eat at work. Yeah. I get my fucking the tea that I drink all the time. Usually that's in stock at work, the Pure Leaf Unsweet Tea. Yeah. But. I'm too far from those vending machines. I don't go to see, those ones. those aren't even vending machines. Those are in the. Do you have the little carry out type thing? No, I wish we did. Because we that. We have that shit. Is the greatest thing of all time. Like you can literally get whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, I wish we had that. Uh, there's energy drinks. You got the tea, Powerade, Gatorade. The carryout's great, but one of the twelve-hour shifts now I usually count on that, especially on a twelve-hour shift. I got to get something. Either usually it's been granola bars lately, Mm -hmm. just something to sit in my stomach just to get me through twelve hours. And I go to the carryout at lunchtime. Everyone's just like scrambling around, like talking, like what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? The fucking self-checkout machine broke. It crashed. And people were like, well, what do we do? I was like, fuck it. I put all my shit back. i was like, I'm not going to deal with this shit. I don't have time for this. I just went and I drank water and I chewed gum. That was my lunch. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to this other guy on my line and he was like, I was like, man, you know, the checkout machine broke. And he's like, yeah, you know, this one girl spent $30 <laughs> in front of me. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, how the fuck what do you spend thirty dollars <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is like That's hilarious. Like, anyway, I'm, we, we gotta get back on track. So. Yeah. shit. Whoops. No, you're good. So That's Doritos.
1: That's funny.